0: So we're thankful for what God is doing, and we're thankful for um, how uh, He is uh, working um, through us. Last week was, of course, Easter, and we had a moment, we celebrated the Lord's Supper, and we were of course, a growing apostolic legacy, and we talked about uh, how that we were, in fact, uh, after having communion, that we talked about uh, how we are, are, saw the Lord and his first uh, real words out of the tomb, were to marry when he said, "I go to my father and to your father." And we talked about that with regard to praying. So today, I want to talk about praying His will, and I want Him want you to understand that um, that you and I must pray according to His will and praying His will. As a matter of fact, Matthew the sixth chapter says, and the eighth verse, Uh, but be ye not therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. After this manner therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Of course, we do pray together and we have prayer meeting and I know uh, there's the feeling of let's, you know, have prayer and we have prayer on (coughs) um, uh, the sense of God. Tuesday and ladies and we have early morning prayer and then we're having corporate prayer and we try to pray during every service and as I said last week uh, we are praying together but we must have a secret place of prayer and that we must all not only we enjoy worshiping corporately and all of you logged on and being able to worship together and live but I hope that you have a secret Place of worship, or a pl- time when you will worship God at home and worship the Lord and raise your hands. And I, I know the quarantine has has disrupted our schedules and has changed us around. But I hope you're taking time with your family to worship the Lord and be together. And the importance of praying because when you stop and think about the fact that whenever the disciples came to the Lord and they asked the Lord, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Out of everything that we do today in Christianity, uh, you know, they didn't say, teach us how to preach, teach us how to witness, teach us how to uh, get the lost, teach us how to pray for healing or to heal people, teach us how to, they didn't ask for that. They said, teach us to pray. And so it becomes our responsibility. And we have told uh, the words here of Chronicles, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. Because you see, God sees where we are. He hears us when we pray. And, And he knows what we have need of before we even ask. Yes, he says, your father knows what you have need of, but yet he wants us to pray. He wants us to pray about it. And you say, well, that's crazy. He knows what I have need of, but yet he wants us to pray. Why? Because prayer does some things for us. It humbles me. It makes me get out of myself and say, Lord, I need you. It acknowledges that somehow I need your guidance whenever I start the prayer. Holy, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. Lord, you are awesome. You are great. And it starts with a worship thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And before I ever get to the give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us, it has to start with my acknowledging God. So this is part of praying according to his will or praying his will. Now I understand that when you stop and think about it, most of us, you know, we like to the, actually we don't even want to say give us this day. Most of my prayers, if I'm honest, are talking about give me. Lord, this is what I need. Forgive me, lead me, touch me, deliver me, heal me. And then, well, I might pray for, you know, my my friend or I might pray for her aunt, or my parents or someone else. But it's very rarely do I even get to the give us. And yet, whenever the Lord spoke, to his disciples in Luke. He said unto them, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. And then there's that terrible word. Because I don't, I take it up once and boy, I'm going through this virus and it's a cross. It's a hard thing to bear. I'm bearing my cross. I'm going to be good, but I don't want to take up my cross daily not daily. Well, part of that, deny myself, I'm supposed to do that daily. Take up my cross, I'm supposed to take that up daily. You say, well, I'm usually too busy. Now I have to deny myself. Well, he said, I want you to do it every day and follow me. In fact, you know, The words in Proverbs say, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your understanding, your own understanding, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, depart from evil. All of those things are what we need to be doing right now. These are the things that we need to say, Lord, I want to make sure that I'm putting my trust in you. Here we have a moment to examine ourselves when we are saying, Lord, I want to trust in you with all of my heart. I want to acknowledge you in everything that you do. I want to say thank you, Lord. We sang it today and and you may not have known it, but there was a part of that that that, uh, my wife was just writing I think on on the spur of the moment there while they were singing thank you lord thank you lord and she was acknowledging lord i want to thank you that kind of praise that kind of prayer that kind of worship ought to emanate from our hearts just and free flow out of that lord i don't want to lean on my understanding i appreciate the doctors i appreciate the economists i appreciate the leaders that are doing their best i'm telling you i know that if god doesn't give us the answer we won't have the answer then the last part of that was in all thy ways acknowledge him be not wise in your own eyes so in other words don't begin to think that you've got all the answers and then the last one was depart from evil stop doing what you know is wrong and all of those things are important in this hour in fact in second chronicles It simply says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. You know, I always know that the, the devil's like a roaring lion going to and fro. But guess what? The Lord is looking to and fro throughout the whole earth. Why? To show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. Oh, Lord. Part of my responsibility is to take time every day to spend in prayer to take time every day to ask god to have a moment and and i don't know if now you need to reevaluate. and i know when we're busy and we got to hit the ground and i I, you know oh god i'm brushing my teeth i've got to go to work oh lord bless me today i'm getting in the car i'm watching and praying and i don't take time now we're at home Now we can develop some habits that I hope will take from here on in another month or two months or three months, that if it has to be that I have to get up 10 minutes early, or if I have to get up, stay up 15 minutes late, or if I have to take a time during my lunch hour and just simply shut down everything and say, Lord, I want to just take time to meet you every day and acknowledge you that I need, Lord, your guidance today. I'm trusting in you today. Well, we're having to trust in the Lord. Lord now because we the, the scientists don't have the answers and the doctors and the polit- nobody has the answer and I have to trust him now but I hope that this will become part of our very nature as an apostolic Christian that we say Lord I want to take time to acknowledge you every day I want to make it personal I want to get a hold of your word I want to repent every day I want to say Lord I, I need to pray I want to give thanks every day I want to worship every day regardless of what else is going on because the Bible you say why should I I worry about the word because this word If you take a moment and read a verse or read a chapter or read a part of a verse and I know we have we're at home now we don't have any excuse we don't have to drive into work and we don't have to do this and we've got more time and yet if we're not careful we have this And it'll eat up my time as I read through all the latest news reports and I get all of the uh, Facebook chats and I get all of the things that are going on. And if I'm not careful, I can fill my day with stuff that does not matter. I should be praying according to his will. And the word, you know, sometimes just reading a scripture, you see this word is quick and powerful sharper than any two edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit this word will get right down into my very inside and see where I am the joints and the morrows it discerns my thoughts and the intents of my heart neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight as you continue reading it says for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities but was in all points tested, tempted like we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need and so if we were, we're praying it now lord we need your mercy lord we need your grace people are praying around our nation people are praying outside on the streets people are praying in their homes i know the president led a, a moment of prayer last week on easter and so you know there's that sense of all of a sudden there are more folks that are tuning in and more that are watching and more that are coming online and we we have all of you that are viewing live, and then by by 24 hours, all of a sudden the numbers of people that have viewed the service are are more than ever. Walked inside the door, and we, we you know we have people that are are calling one another, and they're they're finding out who in their family, and they need prayer. And I I know I we had a a, a cousin of ours who was in New Orleans during Mardi Gras a state policeman, and and he came down with COVID, and they. Uh, got him in the hospital, but now uh, he's on the road to recovery, and I, there have been more and more and more. My wife was, was. Uh, we went to uh, Belpris to Ohio uh, Friday night at 8 o'clock on Friday Fire, and then she was in Connecticut for their prayer meeting online, and then Saturday in Chile uh, online, and then Saturday night uh, in Australia online, and then, you know, here we are this morning in, in Newark, and why? Because more and more folks are uniting in prayer and it's exciting to me because when I hear and I believe that the hour has come when people are praying according to the will of God and they're saying, Lord, we need your help. I'm telling you, I know the Lord is taking notice of what's going on in our nation. And this word washes my mind and cleans my heart. Repentance requires me to humble myself and acknowledge my dependence on him and more and more of us are saying Lord I need you. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen in my job. I don't know what's going to happen in my home and yet Over so many of our local people, I've heard reports. They've said there's been a peace. There's been a. There's. I don't know. I I should be freaking out right now, and I should be overwhelmed right now. But as we pray, and as we pray according to His will, not my will, but Thy will be done. Oh, you see, that's so important. That sense of praying according to His will, of giving thanks in all things. That's what the New Testament it says in everything give thanks and it says rejoice in the Lord evermore and again I say rejoice and and so here it is that that we are praying trying to pray according to his will and so I I begin to think about how much I've seen in the last week of people praying and people saying I'm logged in and I'm I'm watching and I'm praying and I'm praying at home and I'm just I it was it was exciting in my spirit because I'm thinking Lord Lord, help us to pray and, uh, and to learn how to pray according to your will. The disciples didn't ask to learn how to evangelize, learn how to uh, heal, learn how to, what they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And I hope that we learn to pray. And, and I begin to look through the Bible. I wanted to find the first recorded prayer in the Bible and, and, and the way it looks to me that really I know there were people that talked to God, Adam and Eve talked to the Lord in the cool. Of the day, and, and there was times when Cain, you know, the Lord spoke to them and they replied back to God. But but the first real prayer that I could find was was according to it happened to be according to the will of God. It's found in the book of Genesis, and, and, and the next prayer that I saw was a prayer that was not according to his will and so it became amazing to me that the first one was a perfect according to the will of god prayer and the second prayer that i found was not a a good prayer And, and so I won't be able to get to the second one tonight. I mean, until tonight. But I, I do want to talk about the first one. It's found in Genesis, the 18th chapter. This first prayer, according to the will of God. And, and this was when there were three men that appeared unto Abraham and they had called him the friend of God. He had a special relationship with God. And, and one of them was probably a, what we call a theophany or a God in angelic form. And, and they, they begin to basically with two angels that were with him. They looked like men and and you know the story. It's found in the 18th chapter of Genesis and and, uh, they tell Abraham a promise that God's gonna give you a child and Sarah laughs and all that's going on and and that's part not where the prayer took place but they tell Abraham that basically that Sodom and Gomorrah is gonna be destroyed and then Abraham prayed. He asked, he petitioned the Lord. And it says in Genesis 18:23 through 25, Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? And then he said, Peradventure. There be 50 righteous within the city. Wilt thou destroy and not spare the place for the 50 righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner. To slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee. Shall not the judge of the earth do right? (laughs) That first prayer. And it's a prayer according to the will of God. Notice there are so many wonderful elements about it. I mean, you have to sort of know the backstory, and I know many of you all know the backstory. But you know Abraham and his nephew Lot, and there was this rivalry that had developed between them because they had grown so wealthy, and. Abraham finally, because the servants were fighting, went to Lot and said, you get to choose. Do you want me? Where I am, I'm I'm building altars and I'm sacrificing and I'm praying and I'm asking God. Or do you want the well-watered plains, the money? Kind of, almost. (laughs) Really kind of strange. God or mammon, I know. The Bible later talks about you can't serve God or mammon. And I'm not preaching about money. I'm just here saying that was the choice that Abraham and Lot made. And Abraham knew Lot chose the well-watered plains of Sodom. Instead of staying and saying, Uncle Abraham... You know, I followed you. You're the one that rescued me. You got me out of all this stuff, and, and you brought me down here. I am now wealthy because of you. I have been successful because of you. It's not my stuff. I want to stay. I want to go wherever you go. I'll go. I want your God to be. That wasn't his attitude at all. It was, I can do this, I can make it on my own. I don't need God, I don't need you, Uncle Abe, we'll be close. I'm going to choose the well-watered plains of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham also, I'm sure, knew, as Lot had pitched his tent and gotten closer to the city, and then finally one day bought a house in the city, and then they made him one of the judges of the city where he sat at the gate, and he was sort of in charge of the city. It's not the cities living in town is bad. But we know what the Bible says about what happened because there was a lot of wickedness that was in there. There were a lot of wicked people. And yet Abraham knew God was righteous and just. And when he made his appeal to God, he appealed to his righteousness He said, shall not the judge of all the earth do what is right? In other words, he wasn't questioning God at all. He he didn't say, I don't understand, God, why you're letting me go through this. I don't understand why this has happened. I don't get it, God. It upsets me. I don't understand why. Lord, I know you're doing what's right. I know you're doing exactly what's right. He knew his nephew was disrespectful. He knew his nephew was ungrateful. He knew his he was, nephew was self-willed. And he knew that God knew that there were wicked people there and that those people needed to be destroyed. And yet, he was going to intercede for those that he knew were not doing right. And because of his love for them, for not Lot and his family, he, tr- he went about praying for us. I know, I know there are a lot of people that need to, you know, God just a horse whip. But we're praying for God to heal our country and we're praying for God to stop it, not because that we know that I know the Lord could punish, but this is not the wrath of God yet. What we're praying for is God mercy. We want you to show your mercy and we want you to show your grace. We want you to heal folks. We want you to deliver. Oh, I know Abraham knew God does not treat the righteous the same way as he treats the wicked. And I understand. Abraham knew, just knew instinctively, God, you don't treat everybody the same. And I realize, you know, it rains here and the just and unjust but I want to tell you, God knows every hair of your head as was already said today and he knows whether or not you're connected with him, whether or not you're spending time with him. He knows the blood that's applied on your house and God is is not going to let anything come your way that he doesn't know that it happened and how it got there. I'm telling you it's not going to be just some random all of a sudden something happened and oh that caught God off by surprise. He knows where we live. He knows what we're going through. He knows what I'm having half life, He knows and he cares and he loves us. His eyes are running to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is with him. So don't ever begin to believe for one moment that God doesn't know what's going on. In fact, we know Abraham prayed and he prayed for 50. Lord, if there's 50, would you do it for 50 and find the Lord? Said, okay, then Abraham was this intercession spirit got a hold of him. What about 45? What about 40? What about 30? What about 20? Lord, if there are 10 righteous. You say, well, Was he convincing God? No, God already knew how many wicked were in Sodom and Gomorrah. And the big zero was what was there. And God allowed Abraham, though, to go through this prayer so that Abraham would know, I'm not just doing this unrighteously. And we know the story. The angels went down and there weren't any. Basically, they were willing to rescue Lot because of Abraham's intercession. And there are some of your family that are only being spared because of your prayers. Don't think for one moment that it's because they're righteous, but it's because I <laughs> there's an Abraham somewhere who's built an altar, who's trying to do what's right, who's repenting, who's praying through. You say, well, what does it do? Let me tell you, you might be the only one in your family that's building an altar this morning, but I'm telling you, you're holding back some of the stuff that is trying to come on this world, and it's the judgment of God. What do you say? Oh God, give us the strength to be intercessors that we pray for us. God, help us, forgive us, lead us deliver us Lord oh God help us and yet when you look Peter wrote about this it says that whenever Uh, He said he was a just man. He called him just Lot. Simon Peter wrote about Lot. And yet he got vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For the righteous man dwells among them from seeing and hearing. Vexed his righteous soul. I want to tell you something. You, You don't understand. There are some folks that have been living around. And I know we all live and work and have family and people around us. That's why you have to have a secret closet where you can and go and take a bath and wash yourself from all the stuff that you've heard and all the reports and all the people that have tried to talk to you because just like Lot who lived in Sodom, he said his soul was vexed because of the unrighteous talking and the unrighteous seeing and the unrighteous things that were going in Sodom and Gomorrah but the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust for the day of judgment or punishment. So what are you saying? I'm saying that here we are forced with trying to pray his will. What is that will? Lord give us strength in this hour. I'm not going to talk about the, the unrighteous prayer or the prayer against the will of God but here was Abraham although he knew his nephew had been righteous his nephew had been just his nephew had once joined him around the altar and they had built together and watched as they sacrificed his nephew had seen lot had seen his uncle abe Go and offer sacrifice and spend time with God. And yet Lot turned and walked away, followed after Mammon, chose the well-watered plains. And yet Abraham thought, if I could just touch and get him saved, maybe one more time he'll come back to God. And that's what the church is praying right now. Those of you who are logged in, I know many of you have backsliders and family. And if there's ever been a moment that we're praying, God, one more time, touch. Lord, one more time. Oh, I know those that those that are faithful and those that are apart and those that support and those that when the doors are they allow them to open, they're gonna be here. And whenever, whenever it's time to come back there, because they're they're doing it, they're connecting, they're online, they're doing everything they can right now everybody that loves god and is trying to but oh god what we should be doing now is praying according to your will lord if there are 50 more that can be saved after covid save them jesus (laughs) You see, we've got a time, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I, I don't know if it's true. My mother sent me a little blurb from the internet, and I'm sorry. I, I, I don't even know if it's true, but, but the, the story's out on the internet now that early in the 1900s, there was a revival, the Welsh revival and other revivals that were hitting Scotland and England and Wales. And there were a couple of little old ladies, their last name Smith, that began to pray. And they were praying for God to send revival up to where they lived on the Isle of Lewis, which is in the northwest part of Scotland called the Hebrides islands. There's inner Hebrides and outer Hebrides and they lived on the Isle of Lewis which was an outer Hebrides and they were saying we need revival here and they begin to pray and they went to their pastor and a little arrogantly maybe said look are you living right because we're praying for revival and he said yeah I'm trying to live right and they they started praying and God said revival into that area, the Hebrides. And one of their nephews named Donald Smith began to lead prayer meetings and preach and help with that revival. One of their nieces named Mary Ann McLeod, I believe, Smith McLeod, you could call her, but Mary Ann McLeod, one of their nieces, decided to to leave Scotland and come to America. And so she did. She left in the early 30s and in the middle of this revival, and these two little ants, they took their Bible. They said, Mary Ann, you're going to America. You need this Bible. They gave it to Mary Ann, said, Take this Bible. It was instrumental in the prayer for revival. We've been praying for revival. came to America and fell in love with Fred. They got married. They had their first child in 1937, Fred Jr. <laughs> then they had a little girl. Guess what they named her? Marianne After mom. <laughs> they had another little girl named her Elizabeth after the queen. Then they had another little boy about 46. They named him Donald after their cousin who had been leading services of the revival in Scotland, Donald Smith. They named their little boy Donald. And Mary Ann, according to what's in the internet, felt something special about Donald and gave him the Bible and said, you take this Bible. Your aunts prayed for revival from this Bible. I don't know if it's true, but I'm told that that Bible is in the Oval Office. It's the Bible of the 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump. Fred Trump was the man that she married. What I do know, and I don't know if that story's true, but what I do know is there has been a turning of our nation to prayer. We who are called by his name don't take this moment to start bombarding heaven according to his will. God send revival. God save 50. If there are 45 righteous, if there are 40 more that can be saved. God, open the doors. I don't know how it's happening, but I can feel it in my spirit. A change to our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed. Be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Oh God, we need revival. Let's raise our hands right now.